Lord, we are so grateful that you raised from the dead so powerfully, so perfectly, so forever. And you didn't even do anything, Jesus. That was all done because you believed Father and Father did it. By the power of the Holy Spirit. That beautiful work. And now you're alive. And we want to, we want to be brought back into that moment. In Jesus' name, amen. A few days ago, we were reading in First Peter, um, chapter 1. And it dawned on me again. I keep seeing things I've never seen before. And I've read the Bible a whole bunch. And he says, I realize he's writing to the Jews in the dispersion. They're all the Jewish believers in Yeshua. And he's writing to them. And he says, you know, in chapter 1, we were delivered from our aimless life, tradition, aimless life given to us by the traditions of our fathers. So after 2,000 years of Jewish history, much of what was worshipped had become traditions. And the word of God had become of no effect. And Jesus had trouble with that. He'd have to make bold statements like, there's someone greater than the temple right here. Someone greater than the Sabbath. Because the, the institutions had become more rigid than the intent of the heart of the Father and the move of, the, of him. Well, now we've had 2,000 years as a church. And I, sad to say, found that we're in a lot of aimless traditions of our fathers, especially since the church divorced herself from her Jewish roots 300 years into the journey and said, you know what, we don't want Judaism to have any influence. We, we're, we're, we want all Jews to convert to Gentile. It's just stupid as stupid does, right? So we kind of, you know, picked up all the other kinds of pagan things and incorporated some of them and into them. And so I am in hopes, and it's already happened to me. To, it's already happened this week. And I felt this on Sunday before, we, before service, and it was confirmed to me ever since then. That's why we started this prayer in intentionality to Pentecost. I really felt like, Lord, I want to be with you in those days. So here's the, per, here's the parameter of permission. We all are given an imagination that allows us to venture places we cannot physically get to or into time that we no longer have access to. If you want to, you can recount your last year's vacation. If it's something worth recounting, you can fondly look back at what was the most favorite time. You can think back about your child's birth, your wedding day. It's a beautiful capacity within the heart of man. It's thoughts and imaginations, and they can do a beautiful work to bring us into the perfect peace. He will keep us in perfect peace whose mind, active thought, has stayed on you because you trust in the Lord. Christianity does not just come because you said yes to Jesus. It comes because you're in pursuit of Jesus. And then you're having fresh new experiences. Today's reading in 2 Peter chapter 3, he says now, but grow in the grace and in the experience of our Lord Jesus Christ. So I don't care how old you are, there's more of Jesus you've yet to see. And when I see Jesus, I want him to say, you, you got it all. You followed me all the way. I don't want him to have to say, and I have, he's had to say, Steve, 
would you get off your butt and start following me again? He's nicer than that. But I realize at times I stop. That's what backsliding is. You stop pursuing and start sliding. In any case, uh, he comes and you remove the parameters and you say, Lord, what were you doing that day? What was happening? So Acts chapter 1, verse, first three chapter verses, just for today. I just love, I just, I start there. Because these are the three words, three verses of, uh, that we have of free 10 days of prayer. So for the, the, describe the 40 days. Now we also have the Gospels after the resurrection. But listen to these words. The former account, O Theopolis, all, of all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day in which he was taken up after he through the Holy Spirit had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen. So the former account I've given, O Theopolis, is called the book of Luke. Now he's about to go on after until the day was taken up. So that's Luke. Gets us till the day is taken up. And this is going to overlap a little bit. After he, through the Holy Spirit, had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen. To whom also he presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs, being seen by them for, during 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. So there are three things that Jesus was intensely doing. One was he was giving commands to his apostles. Now, again, let's, we're, not, we're being given permission by the Scripture, in the Scripture, by the Holy Spirit, to adventure into that moment and begin to experience, because that's what knowing Jesus is, is experiencing him, experiencing what's going on. So the first thing I notice, they're all upgraded. They're no longer disciples. They're apostles. Because he's getting ready to start a sending movement that's about to rock the world. And he's got 40 days to bring them up to speed with what they couldn't hear or listen to because their hearts were hard and they were just dull and slow because they were unborn again men. But we found out last week on Luke 24 that something wonderful had happened on the day of resurrection. When he met with them, he made it apparent that one of the important things for the believer would to be active in Scripture, to be able to recognize Jesus Christ in Scripture. So he opened their understanding. He opened their heart. He, they were born again, my, my belief, because I'll explain that in another verse, but he they all of a sudden could get the scripture. And all of the scripture, they could start seeing who Jesus is in the scripture. So now he's got an advantage. We've got an awakened, alert, processing people. And I would be a processing man too if the guy I was following, they'd crucified, and he'd come out of the grave three days later. And then he started showing up at lunch when I wasn't expecting him and started having a conversation with me. Now, the other thing he had done that, that says to me in my heart that they were regenerated men, had been born again by their faith in what in the resurrection of the Lord, the Father had accomplished, was that on, in John's Gospel, 21, after the resurrection, 
when he meets with them. He breathes on them and says, receive the Holy Spirit. And in John 14, he had said to them, the Holy Spirit's coming, and he will be in you. He's, you've been aware of him, but he'll be in you, and he will, be your, he will not, not leave you alone. You, you will have a comforter, and you will not feel an orphan. You will be. So when he says, receive the Holy Spirit, I don't, how, could he, how could anything happen but everybody receive the Holy Spirit? But it's not Pentecost Holy Spirit. Pentecostal Holy Spirit is, is the power of service. The new, new gener, regeneration Holy Spirit is the power of relationship, a new birth. Same Holy Spirit. It's like same glass of water. One you may take a drink of, the other you dive into. Same water. So he says, whosoever sins you remit are remitted. Whoever sins you, for, you retain or retain. So the second sign of a born-again believer is they are aware and cognitive that their sins have been forgiven and they're in a they are intentionally forgiving sins so they have a comprehension of scripture they start to be and then they you know other things joy and celebration and but they receive the holy spirit and they're forgiving sins and they're having conversations with jesus so he's calling them apostles now back to chapter uh, verse two so he says he, he who through whom he says he was taken up through the Holy Spirit, gave commandments to the apostles. Now, I've read that a hundred times. I'm only telling you, the more I say to the Lord, what I do is I go, I've accumulated all this knowledge. It's just valuable. I want to remember these things. I want to be able to, but, but because I don't want to base presuppositions by things I already know, I want to start as though I know nothing. It's just all, it's just, it's just not disowning it, not discarding it. I, I'm not smart enough to know what's tradition and what's truth. You say a tradition long enough, it's truth. You tell a lie long enough, it's true. So how do I know? So I, 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 I do this respectfully. I said, Lord, I just want to be here. I've never seen, I want to be there. And so here I am, and the first thing I see is that he, Jesus, through Holy Spirit had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen. So I thought, whoa. So I was talking to Cammie, and we were, well, what, what, was he not talking? I go, no, he was talking, as he always had been talking. But now he's a, he's a regenerated, renewed, he's a new creation. And what he's releasing is the new covenant. And the new covenant in Second Corinthians chapter 3 is told very clearly is the covenant of the Spirit. So the Holy Spirit's going to be active in the instructions. He's going to be present in the conversation. Which is what happens every time you and I open a Bible and take a moment and say, Lord, I want, to sp I want to read through the scripture. Now speak to me, please. Speak to me. I want to hear your voice in what I read. I want to see Jesus in what I'm reading. I want to come to Jesus in what I'm hearing. You know who does that? The Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit. That's his job. That's his job. It's, it's, it's through the Spirit and the belief in the truth, sanctification takes place. And sanctification takes place to bring us fully into the, into the entirety of salvation, which is to bring us into the glory of Jesus Christ. 1 Thessalonians 2, 13, 14. So now all of a sudden Jesus is bringing his commandments. So then you have to ask the question, what were his commandments? 
And I'll show you in a moment. We'll, we'll, we'll come back to that question. So he's, the second thing he's doing, he's presenting himself alive after suffering by many infallible proofs. This is huge. This is huge because we do not have a lot of tangible, we, or we haven't, we haven't thought that way. We think to the cross and we tend to kind of stop on Sunday afterwards and kind of just scoot on back to, if only I could have a ministry like Jesus had on the earth. Well, you have a ministry far beyond what Jesus had on the earth because you have a ministry in Christ who's seated at the right hand of God, the Father, and so those are things yet to ever be discovered, but we don't go there because we don't know we're allowed to go there. We don't think of ourselves sitting with Christ in heaven, so we try to think about walking with him on the shores of Galilee, and although that's a wonderful place to be, to meditate on how he moved in his earth walk, while we work, walk in our earth walk, it's not from whence the power comes and the authority comes and the way in which we relate and how we are to learn to be with Jesus. So go with me to Romans chapter 1. I'd like to show you a really simple version of the gospel called the gospel of God. I think it's about five verses. And it, it, it helped me a lot to recognize this, the, 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 the importance of the resurrection. We will see that everything is about Jesus Christ and his resurrection in the preaching of Acts and beyond. So Paul, a bondservant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle to the gospel of God, to the gospel of God. So now, which he promised, the gospel of God, before, through his prophets, in the Holy Scripture. So it's all there. That's why Jesus could take every bit of the Bible and show who he was in that part of the Bible. Concerning his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Now here's, here's a real short little version of what God did. Who was born of the seed of David, according to the flesh. When, the, when God the Son became the Son of Man, the seed, the, 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 the perfect spirit was placed inside the body that was conceived inside the womb of Mary, the seed of David. So God, the Son, becomes the Son of Man. He's a mortal body. He isn't, I used to hear, oh, if Jesus hadn't chosen to die, he'd have still been here. No, he, he would have gotten old. This was God limiting himself completely into mankind. And it was beautiful because he came to do the will of the Father. And the will of the Father was to submit himself to the Father. And though he was a son, he learned obedience to the things he suffered. Same reason why we're learning to listen under God by what we're going through. And having been perfected, so he wasn't perfected to who he is now. He was perfected by the resurrection. He's now the author or the cause of eternal salvation to all of us who obey him. Hebrews 5. So we're in something huge. It's like those two verses are lifetime verses. So this choosing not to be holding the position he held, humbling himself, to be made into a servant, to, the, to conform to death, even the death of the cross. That's this God becoming us. And now his perfectness in that he was sinless, he could now receive sin, become sin, he could be, 
he could die and through death destroy him who had the power of death. So he, God's doing all that in this work. This is what we're all familiar in the Gospels. And he declared to be the Son of God. So God the Son becomes Son of Man. And of course, he's all of it at the same time. But in his emphasis of his functionality at the pointed time, he now is called to be the Son of God. And that's why the New Testament and the epistles will always refer to him as Son of God. And why the Gospels, when Jesus talks about himself, he's always referring to himself as majority, you know, son of man. Because he was not, he was going to be born again. He's no creation. He's not, the, he's the last Adam that was a living soul. Now he's the first of the new creation, which is a life-giving spirit. And so this whole thing that now... He's walking around in a resurrected, eternal body, incorruptible, immortal. He can walk through walls, or he can go through the door. He can eat lunch, but it won't need to. He can just function inside the, 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 the suit, the, the new creation, regenerated, perfect, you know, resurrected body. But he's not... That's not where his identity is. His identity is in, is, is in God, in the spirit, in his new creation. So he's a life-giving spirit. Where we are born as living souls. And the transition of eternal salvation is that I accept Jesus Christ. I believe his resurrection. Father makes me righteous by believing his resurrection. And I confess him as my Lord. And that brings me sealed in salvation. Now I go into a journey of following him. And the longer I follow him, the more I discover of him. And what I'm learning is that what he speaks to is my spirit. He, com he gives me his promises. My heart believes. I learn to live as an inner man, not an outer man. My soul freaks out. And God says, bring it back into, my, into peace. Bring it back into submission. My soul says, I need certain questions answered. And God says, well, who? no, you don't. You need to obey me. Listen to me. Trust me. Well, what happened is so horrific, I can't go on until this thing is resolved, and I'm not going on until you resolve it. And God says, fine. Call me when you're ready. I mean, he loves our soul, but he's after saving our soul. This is, again, this is... But I'm encouraged because Paul had things said that people thought was hard to understand too. But here's the deal. When I'm born again, my spirit, man, is new creation. <laughs> I am a son of God, and Jesus' spirit is going into my spirit and say, Abba, 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 Abba. And if I live there, I feel that. But if I lose that, and my soul gets sucked into something, I go, I'm rejected, I'm hurt, nothing works right, God's never loved me, everything's wrong, it must be me. If it's not me, it must be you. If it's not you, maybe God just hates me. That's just... That's just like stupidity. But that's soul-generated thought. And any of us going through anything will think those thoughts because we don't just create them on our own. We have a little friend called the evil narrator. The reason you're having a hard time is because you didn't do what God told you to do. As though you could. The reason you're in this situation is because of sin as though there was some sin that wasn't resolved at Jesus' resurrection. 
I, what did I say this morning to Cam? It was cracked me up. I said something to the fact that we're old. <laughs> that wasn't what cracked me up. I mean, we, we talk about being old all the time. When you have a grandkid or grandkids around, they run around. We went and took them to dinner, and they're just like running circles all the way up, down the promenade, over the pier, over the pedestrian path, over to the restaurant, and all the way back, jumping up on, up on planters, climbing trees, and we're just like, can you imagine what kind of workout we'd get if I could just do that, let alone have the desire to do it? <laughs> Anyway, I said, we're old. I said, but I don't want to ever be young again. I don't want to. I just have to do everything I did again and learn it, just to learn one thing, that Jesus is Lord and not me. (laughs) It takes a while to learn that. It's not up to me. It's up to accepting who he is. It's up to accepting what he said. It's up to submitting to what he's saying. It's saying what you're saying is true even if it doesn't make sense to my soul, my mind, my will, my emotion. I will submit to you. I will trust you. I will rely upon you. And that's the journey of every living believer, every being that submit your soul back to God. The word of God engrafted into your spirit is able to save our soul. And then one day we got our new body. And that's the redemption, that's the salvation yet to be fully real experienced until resurrection from the dead. So here is this resurrected, complete, firstborn from the the dead, the new creation. Here he is, the son of God with power according to the Spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead. You will find throughout the book of Acts, a casual reading, and if you start to, you'll start seeing it. Everything that now Jesus is in the new covenant is because, is after, or is subsequent to the resurrection from the dead. Or the proof that he is, is the resurrection of the dead. He is the son of God by the spirit of holiness, by power, by the resurrection of the dead. Through him we have received grace and apostleship for obedience to the faith. We don't have multiple faiths. We have one faith, the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. All I'm trying to do is submit to his faith. He had to believe Papa would raise him from the dead and submit to Papa killing him as a sacrifice for our sin. He was beyond Abraham's faith. He had Isaac faith. It's one thing for your papa to tie you up and you're kind of going, I do not know what you're doing. You're a weird dad. And the dad's the one going, God, this is weird. I'm not going to try to sort this out. But if you said he is to be the seed that's going to be more than the stars, more than the sand, then I have to, and you want him burnt as an offering, then you must be able to, after the offering's burnt, take him from the ashes and bring him up into resurrection life. That's the faith. That's the initial faith that gave God permission to say, to bring forth his own son, and offer him according to the seed of David as a sacrifice. But now Jesus is there in the garden going, God, if there's any way, my, my soul is losing it. I am, I'm, I'm not processing. I don't know about you, but following Jesus is not easy, especially if you've got a soul that's got a lot of issues. And I don't know a soul that doesn't have issues. <laughs> you know, he's going, okay, okay, okay. I want out but I can't get out. I'm here to do your will. 
and it's been my whole entire journey. This cup cannot pass unless I drink it. Not my will, but your will be done. Three hours. Three hours. And he yields, and he's there, and now he walks victorious through the rest of the experience. But in that soul processing, submitting back to the word, he's learning something. And it's been all his life, but he's learning intensely obedience, which means to hear under. What you're saying is, I need you to die, son. This is the path of the Messiah has to suffer for the sin of all man. So I need you to die, and I'm going to kill you. But the scripture says, and you know it to be true, and you've said it, you've said it every day throughout your three and a half year recorded ministry, you've said every time that I will su- you will suffer, you'll be mistreated, you will be mocked, you'll be crucified, and on the third day you'll rise. So now here's the deal. You have to decide and accept and receive and not ve- ve- ver- move from this, I'll be raised from the dead. It's all you're facing is death, but you've got to see on the other side. I'll be raised from the dead. See, right now, a lot of us are right at that. You're in death, you're facing death, or you've been dead. And God's trying to say, let it alone. It's not the destination. It's the path through. There is no resurrection without death. There is no real, this, this whole thing starts after some point in which our soul yields and God becomes the, the supreme sound and we don't try to tell him to make us feel better, but we just want to let him feel better by what we yield and submit and surrender to him, which is his son. So he learns obedience. Then it says, having been perfected, he becomes. So there are things that took place in the resurrection that Jesus became that now enables him to cause us to enter into eternal salvation in ways that we never could have believed. That's why this this gospel is incredible. Because we're, we're in stuff that's just, just changed. Everything's changed. So yes, we can walk like Jesus walked. Yes, we can walk on water if it's necessary. Yes, we can multiply lunches to feed bunches. Of, we can do it all. There's, not, there's no limitation inside, under the word of God, inside the fellowship of Jesus, walking with him. It's, but he never, there's things of that Discovery that I think he was going around saying, I got to show you this again and again. Here I am. 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 Like, like John. John, last chapter, records that Peter, even after all these infallible proofs, at some point in time, he really was contemplating going back into the fishing business. And because of the fishing business was something he knew, and it was not, you know, complete process to the other side. He said, I'm going fishing. I'm going back to, not, not sports fishing. This is my vocational fishing. And John joins him. They were partners before. They got like five, six of the apostles go off into the lake and they fish all night and get nothing. Upon the morning, there's Jesus. He's... Hey, children, you got any bread? You got any food? You catch anything? No. He said, well, throw your net on the right side. And so they do, and there's this net-breaking, boat-sinking load. It's like, whoa. And so John, is this, he says to Peter, that's the Lord. 
I know him, although I can't recognize him from where I am, but I know that's how he is. So you, you, we, we freak out about the idea of repenting or, or acknowledging to God that we're selfish or crude or rude, when in fact it's the door into the other side. Repentance is always the door to salvation, to new life, to discovery, because once we admit who we are, then we can receive who he is. We can't say who he is is who we are if we don't act like who he is. We have to own that stuff. But so when those moments, so he's in the boat, out of the boat, swimming to the shore, and there's Jesus sitting at a campfire with fish cooking. Now let me ask you this. Where did he get the fish? Stop by the store? Fawns? Go fishing himself? I don't think he needed to do any of it. You see, everything of creation is held together by his words. And now that he is the express image of God in new form, he, he had capacities. Thought, speak, fire, fan, frying pan, fish, butter, scaled, cooking. I don't know. But I think those were the dynamics of Jesus that he's introducing infallible proofs. But he also had other purposes. Because after breakfast, he says to Peter, Peter, do you love me more than these? It's, it's Peter's inner healing moment. Peter says, you know I love you. But he's a little more honest than he was before because now he's saying, I, you're my best friend. I have real affection for you. But Jesus said, Are you my agape? do you agape me? Do you lay down your life for me? That was what Peter said. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Everybody will die. I'm better than everybody. And he's happy to have a real ownership. He's coming, guys. But it's not about affirming us. It's about magnifying the sun. And we will bow our knee. And we will quickly unburden our soul and dismantle our systems of righteousness, that we will run away from them in terror as he steps into the room to begin to bring forth his salvation in a fashion that we so desperately need. And we'll be so happy because we'll be unburdened. We'll be just like, Doug, I've been carrying that, I've been carrying that. But so Peter's saying, yes, I, you, I know, you know, I, you, yeah, yeah, of course, I, 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 I'm, I'm dedicated. And he says, well, do you love me more than these? And he keeps asking him, and saying, well, then feed my sheep, feed my lambs, feed my sheep. He's instructing Peter to go forward, not backwards. You're going to go forward. I didn't, I didn't, you're not going backwards, you're going forward. Feed, feed, feed. And finally, Jesus says, do you really, are you really dedicated to me? <laughs> are you really my best friend? And Peter's grieved and says, Lord, you know all things. So then he says to Peter, when you were young, you did everything you wanted to do. You were pretty strong, headstrong. You, but when you're old, someone's going to take you and lead you where you don't want to go to signify the death that he would do, die to glorify Jesus. We have to get our vocabulary changed to, to receive the gospel. Did you know in, in the New Testament, death is a door to glory? It's not, the, it's not a permanent state. It's a door into glory. 
and the process to getting through the suffering of it is to glory. And when Jesus referred to dying, he always said, this, now the Son of Man is glorified. So we're supposed to learn to let go of the natural, physical, material, uh, worldly value systems to be able to say, I'm in a kingdom that's now out of this world and beyond anything I could ever hope for, and it has more authority than all the kings of the earth, all the dictators, all the conspiracy. He's, he's Lord of every single person. Nobody gets to have a breath without his permission. And he can withhold a breath at one moment, and everybody... It's just, it's, it's just expansive to my mind. But here, Peter, he has to say, you're going to so follow me. What is he? he didn't give Peter any commissioning. He just said, feed my sheep, follow me to death. I'm sure he was pretty deflated. Gosh. I was the most dedicated of the entire group. I was the guy with a knife. I didn't see anybody else get a knife. I even swung it. Missed his head, but got his ear. Well, this is what I'm going to feed you lambs. I'm going to go work in the nursery. Now I'm going to die. I don't get to say anything. I'm going to be led places I don't want to go. Dear God. So he's, he's having a moment, a really good moment. But he looks around and there's John. You know, the one who the disciple Jesus loved. Well, he wrote the book, so why wouldn't he say that? <laughs> and the disciple Jesus loved to the disciples he looks at him he says Jesus what about him Jesus looks at Peter and says if I want him to stay alive until I return what is that to you that's like the opposite of what Peter gets to do what is that to you and then he says the same statement that he said right before, you follow me. You follow me. That's what he's saying to all of us today. You follow me. Don't stop. Let's process life. Let's have conversation. The road to Emmaus is how he began to open the scripture to the disciples because we get confused in our, our narrative. We have a wrong narrative. We have a hope that isn't the one that got fulfilled. Now we're in the hopelessness and despair and we're wandering away from our future because our minds have gotten out of whack. So we need a conversation with the, with the master to speak his words and begin to call me back to who he is and who I am. You, oh, mm. Jesus, 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 you alone know us each individually, and each of us in you are made perfect, been chosen to be holy without blame before the Father, or predestined, accepted, adopted, summed up into totality, called, inheritance, given before time, incorruptible. Lord, we want to submit back to this. I don't want to. I don't want life to work on this side in order if it's going to hinder me from walking in your life in this place. And it's hard to do that. And I'll be admitted, I am the first, the biggest whiner, wimp. 
but, and, and most hypocritical, self-righteous person when it comes to trying to do your will. But Lord, there's something about you, that infallible proof. Son, let's talk. Maybe there's some things in our lives that are coming to surface. I hope that in the next 40 days, things will come to, in my life to the surface of my mind. Because I have to have repentance if I'm to go into remission of sin. I have to come out of where I'm thinking into a new thought. Sometimes I'll have real complication. I'll feel like real remorse over what I was thinking. Other times I'll just go, that's stupid. I'm going to think this new thought. You don't have to have remorse. It's like remission of sins is not a moral issue. It's a legal issue. Your sins are remitted. I don't even like you, but your sins are remitted. Your bill's paid. I don't even want it to be paid, but if you don't, your bill's not paid, my bill's not paid. So this kingdom, this, this new thought, these, this, may he come. May he come. May he come. And I know he, through Holy Spirit, is present to be present with us when we gather in his name, when we come before him. So we're not asking for things that he cannot do just because he's seated at the right hand of the Father. We're just asking him to bring these things to us through the Holy Spirit because everything that the Father has is his and everything that he wants us to have, he comes to the Holy Spirit. So let's pray. Father, this is a company, you told me, of Levites. God seekers, present lovers. We get to camp around the presence of God. And everyone here, some reluctant, some disrupted. But it doesn't matter. We didn't choose who we are. We get to, we don't, oh, Jesus, we love you. But here's the deal. Papa, I may be honest with you. I'm always honest with you. <laughs> At least whenever I know what it is. If I'm in a lie, I don't even know that until you show me. But in the best that I can say, Lord, we've been through some stuff. And if the new thing that you're going to do to culminate the maturity of a bride, bring us into the best place we can be for the wedding. Readied, committed, trusting, relying, resting praising, worshiping, filled with joy, covered in peace, powered by the Spirit of God, carrying the fruit of the Spirit of where we go. How are we going to do that unless you bring us some ah, remittance, some forgiveness, some processing? There's things happening right now in this room, in our hearts and online that God's already processing. He's He's drawing up memories, questions that you've forgotten or decided just to forget. Troubles that you've been through that are, that you almost, they're, they're just resurfacing. Pains that you didn't want to feel ever again. They're, they're coming in. But now they're coming, not in the face of the death process, but in the faith, will you accept the resurrection as sufficient? Can you accept that Jesus Christ, he did conquer the grave. Because through death, he destroyed him who had power of death. That is the devil. 
I feel like the Lord would give it, if, it was, if it was allow a picture, he's saying, okay, I'm, I'm having meals with my disciples and apostles. Because I want to I wanna bring us into the new mindset as much as possible, the new processing, new understanding, new embrace. Because when I come to, to facilitate, to expedite, to give power to the witness of who I am, I want who I am to be clear in who you are. I want to I bring as much resolutions as I can. Wow. I saw a couple of people, I don't know, maybe a bunch, but I saw uh, sitting down at the, at the kitchen table with your Bible and saying, Lord, I'd like, to, I'd like to talk with you and like you to talk with me about my journey ever since I said yes to you. I'd like you to highlight the things that you want me to see. I'd like you to forgive me and bring me into forgiveness of the things I need to let go. And I saw the Lord pulling up on your, your kitchen table and sitting down and saying, let's do it. Let's talk. And the more you go through the hard things, you realize you couldn't have gone, you couldn't come to trust Jesus without going through the hard thing you went through because if you didn't go through the hard thing you went through, you would be sufficient in yourself and wouldn't need him. So you won't regret what you had went through as much as you will recognize the, the best that came from it. He's a deal with jealousies, long-seated envies. How come what certain people get? It's just, oh, it's just a glorious time. Next 40 days. If that's, if that's stirring in your heart at all, just say, Lord, do it to me, please. I want a conversation. Whatever you want to show me of yourself and your resurrection, and whatever you want to ask me about myself and my frailty, may it be. Wow. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. victorious, so triumphant, and he's bringing each of us into that victory of his, to be led into triumph of his.
for many of us, it's all it's going to be is reinterpret the circumstances so they no longer hold the sting of death and the death is swallowed up in his victory. I'm telling you, he's taking the stinger out of death in our lives. He's swallowing it in victory. into this week, just take time with the Lord every day. Open a place for Him to sit with you, be with you in His Word and His Spirit. One thing's going to happen, I already experienced it, and I want to release it. The excitement of your spirit is going to get electric as you approach the promises that God initiated or reactivated in your conversation or reclarified, and you're going to begin to recognize that the power of the performance of the promise rests on God. And I don't have anything to do with the performance of a promise. I just accept it. But in the accepting of it, now I'm anticipating because we're on the other side. The death has been accomplished. There's a resurrection that is to be recognized and preached and proclaimed everywhere. There are so many people that need to be told that all you need to do is call upon the name of Jesus and you'll be saved out of, from, within, wherever you are. And it starts with us. Call on his name. Jesus, save us. Save us. Heal us. Deliver us. Redeem us. Awaken us. Resurrect. Make new life. It's coming. It's coming. I get lost in your love. It's coming. Father, please seal us with the Holy Spirit of promise in the gospel of truth that we're hearing. We come into the inheritance that you've given us before time began, predestined according to your purpose, according to your counsel, of your will, that there would become a trust emergence in every part of life, in every place we've been, everything that's been done to us, everything that's happened to us, would come alive in this resurrection into the life of Jesus Christ. Let that grow. Let it grow in individuals, in hearts, in families, those who have been uh, lost, those who have been saved. Bring them all, everyone. Go after us all. All the sons and daughters that you created for your glory, called by your name, whom you formed and made. Lord, we yield to you. We receive you. We welcome you in this hour in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Love you.